Normal broadcasting has been discontinued. Coming to you from Portland, Oregon. The sports business capital of North America. Keep your radio tuned to this frequency. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Now, your host. I tell you, I've never seen anything like that guy. Brian Berger. Well, thanks for checking out the only show in the country dedicated to covering the business side of sports. Glad you could join us this week. Well, we've got lots of Super Bowl topics to discuss, from the commercials that are going to run to the favorite kinds of foods that are consumed to just anything you can imagine on prop bets. We'll have it all for you on Sports Business Radio this week. A couple of other notes. Visit my Sports Business blog or download the SBR podcast on demand. Go to sportsbusinessradio.com. You can become our Facebook friend or follow me via Twitter. Just visit my blog at sportsbusinessradio.com. You can find the links to the Sports Business Radio Facebook and Twitter pages. My Twitter handle, at SB Radio. I want to remind you, if you live in the Portland, Oregon area, or you're in the Pacific Northwest, we have our initial, our debut, Sports Executive Speaker Series event with the Warsaw Center at the University of Oregon. It's on February 18th. Our guest will be... Portland Trailblazers president, Larry Miller. Larry has also worked for the Jordan brand and for Jansen. He's been in the sports industry for a long time. Our event is at the White Stag Building in downtown Portland from 7 to 9 a.m. We're going to do this almost like a live look at Sports Business Radio with a live studio audience. We'll take questions from the audience, and uh, we hope you can join us. Tickets are $35 per person or $245 for a table of seven. You can go to warsawcenter.com or sportsbusinessradio.com to purchase your tickets. Again, it'd be great to meet you in person, so I hope you can join us for those events. I'm joined in studio by Bobby Corser. Bobby, uh, I went down to Los Angeles this past week, and it was the 20th anniversary of Loyola Marymount's 1989-90 Great 8 basketball team. The late Hank Gathers, Bo Kimball, Jeff Fryer. What an incredible event. I got to call the Loyola Marymount game on KXLU 88.9 FM Los Angeles, and uh, it was kind of like taking a step back in a time warp. It, it was just amazing to see those guys, though. No, I bet it wasn't. You know, I'm, I'm sure the flood of memories came back to you as soon as you kind of sat down and kind of got back into the flow of calling a basketball game. Yeah, I haven't called a basketball game in a long time, but, uh, you know, it was Hank's house, and you see the Hank's house banners, and, you know, I'll tell you what, those guys look good. Uh, they haven't aged much in 20 years, and uh, Paul Westhead, the coach, who's now the women's coach at the University of Oregon, he was there, and uh, it was just really, really cool. So uh, kudos to Loyola Marymount for putting on such a great event. We are actually going to bring you a show in early March. March 4th will be the 20-year anniversary of the death of Hank Gathers. We're going to bring you a show, Where Are They Now, 20 Years Later, the Loyola Marymount basketball team of 1989-90. So look forward to that. All right, coming up next, headlines of the week, brought to you by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I'll be right back. This is Brian Berger from Sports Business Radio. I know many of our listeners dream of a job in the sports industry but don't know where to begin. To me, it's an easy call. Go where sports business education got its start at the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. As the first business school in the country to offer undergraduate and graduate programs themed around this multi-billion dollar industry, the Warsaw Center offers a unique blend and strong general business training. 
sports business curriculum taught by industry experts, and rich out-of-classroom experiences, including real-world consulting projects, study tours, and internships. With a strong industry and alumni network and a staff dedicated to accelerating your career, the Warsaw Center has a proven track record of placing students in teams, league offices, corporate sponsors, marketing agencies, sports media, and sports shoe and apparel firms. But like any elite team, there's only a few spots on the roster. To learn more, visit sportsbusinessradio.com for a link to the center's website. The Warsaw Sports Marketing Center. Passion, integrity, and leadership in sports business education. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. It's time for this week's Sports Business Radio headlines, sponsored by the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon. Visit warsawcenter.com for more information. Headline number one. CBS and Turner are in talks to create a joint bid for the NCAA tournament rights if the NCAA decides to opt out of its current deal with CBS. This according to the Sports Business Journal. There's talk, Bobby, that 96 teams may be in the field in the future. And what would happen here is that TNT and CBS would alternate having the Final Four each year, and then they would split early round coverage. I do not like messing with the tournament. I like the way it is now. Unlike the BCS, which I think completely needs to be overhauled, I think March Madness is a thing of beauty. I think if you start diluting it with 96 teams, I just don't like it. Obviously, for the NCAA, it's more lucrative because there's more games. The rights fees would be bigger. I understand why they would want to do it. But I think you're tainting a product that's really already pretty good. No, I completely agree. And the fact that you have to win a certain number of games, even just make the qualification to you know be considered for a bid. Now with 96 teams, that's basically one out of it's almost half of every Division One school will make it. So you could have a team that's, you know, eight and six in conference, which is not a bad record, but have a really horrible record overall, say five hundred being, you know, maybe twelve and twelve, still get in. I, I don't see what the appeal of that is. I mean, I, I like the the way it's set now because you know that the teams that are there deserve to be there. Well, it looks like the NCAA when they sit down with their broadcast partners, which again has been CBS for the last several years, they're looking for a 14-year deal. And it's an all-encompassing media deal, kind of like it is now. So not only do you get the TV broadcast rights, but you get the online rights as well. This is going to be interesting to watch. Um, I hope it doesn't change. But again, like we talk every week on this show, it's all about money. And if the NCAA can get a substantial amount more for increasing the field to 96 teams, I, I have a bad feeling they might do it. No, I agree. And, you know, the other thing that we have to think about is there's another tournament that runs postseason called the NIT. What happens to that? You know, does that take the remaining teams that don't make the big dance, which will become the bigger dance? Yeah, you're going to have, like, under 500 teams playing in the it, NIT. Exactly. And, I mean, okay, so that's great, but it's, again, we say it's more money for everybody, but it's one of those things where it's like, wow, you've really taken a good product, threw on a bunch of water on it, and now it's not as special as it used to be. Last note on this, according to the Sports Business Journal story, uh, the NCAA has until August 31st of this year to exercise its right to opt out of the current CBS deal. So that's the date that we should all be watching. Our next headline, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about the NFL collective bargaining agreement, the labor situation. We told you how ugly it is, the dialogue on both sides. It's looking like an uncapped season next year, and it's looking like there could be a work stoppage in 2011. 
Well, guess what? The NBA, it's not any prettier. And there was a lot of dialogue this week. And it looks like a proposal is going to be coming from the NBA to the NBA Players Association for a new collective bargaining agreement sometime in the next week to 10 days. And the players now get 57% of basketball-related income. The owner's proposal to them is going to say, well, we want to cut that below 50%. I don't think the players are going to be real thrilled with that. And that's the starting point. I think these negotiations are going to get ugly, and the current sides have until June 30th of 2011 to work out a deal. After that, there's a good chance the owners would lock the players out, and we'd have a work stoppage. And, you know, 57% is a lot of money, and, you know, if I'm a player and I'm the players' union, I want to go to the table and I want to say, listen— you want to lock us? You want to lock us out? Fine. Here's what we want. We want 60% of basketball-related income. You get 40. We think that's a fair share because listen, without the players, you have no product to draw. You have no merchandise sales. You have no ticket sales. You have nobody coming to games. So listen, the owners might want to you know recoup some more cash, but honestly, without the players, they have no fight. Well, again, as I've been saying for the last several months, the NFL collective bargaining agreement, the NBA collective bargaining agreement. Those are going to be big, big showdowns, and I think there's going to be economic shifts, and the owners are going to probably sit out until the players agree to an economic shift because the owners are basically saying, look, uh, things have changed from a few years ago. It's a whole different economy now, and we need our new collective bargaining agreement to reflect that. If it doesn't, we'll just sit out. Now, like the NFL— The NBA owners would get TV money while there's a work stoppage. Each owner would get about $30 million, but it looks like the owners would have to pay some of that money back over uh, a period of time to the networks if there are no games. So they'd get some money in the short term, but unlike the NFL where they just get that money, whether they play or not, $100 million per owner. So those are things to keep in mind. Another NBA note, our friend Rick Buecher from ESPN.com cited sources this week saying the Postolas Group and George Postolas, they've made a new offer to purchase the Charlotte Bobcats from owner Bob Johnson, who's had the team up for sale for a while now. Now, Michael Jordan has first right of refusal to purchase the Bobcats, but according to this story from Rick Buecher, Jordan has only until the end of this month, February, to match the offer. If he doesn't match the offer, then it looks like the Pistolas group is probably going to become the new owners of the Charlotte Bobcats. And if that happens, word on the street is Pistolas is going to tell Mr. Jordan, see you later, I want my own people in here. No, I completely agree. And you know, listen, Michael Jordan would be great as a basketball owner. But I don't know if Charlotte is the team that he should be purchasing. You know, I know he would really, deep down, probably like to purchase the Bulls. And you know he he become the owner well he's of the, from Charlotte sure, though true, I mean he's from North Carolina but but he's still I mean he is associated strictly with in NBA terms as Michael Jordan the greatest player ever with the Chicago Bulls right so but I, I don't think Jerry Reinsdorf selling the Bulls anytime soon. I don't either but you know it wouldn't be a bad you know also it wouldn't be a bad place for him to go try and get another front office job if he could I don't think he needs another front office job and frankly I think he should uh, just go play golf all right our next headline. The winner X Games, X Games 14 in Aspen, they drew 84,100 people for the four-day event, easily topping the Aspen record of 76,150 set in 2007. 
besting the all-time record of 83,500 fans in Mount Snow, Vermont in 2000. This according to the Aspen Daily News. Bobby, you know, the Olympics are coming up, for those who don't know, in Vancouver. And I'll tell you what, the X Games for four days, they did terrific with attendance. They have great sponsors. Sean White was all over the place at that event. He has become a, a mega brand of his own. And yes, Sean White will be competing in the Olympics as well. But, you know, I think the X Games going first, they kind of steal some of the thunder of the Olympics. And frankly, they're a little more exciting to watch. No, I agree. But it's also, I think, people that are true to the sport tune in as this is, okay, this is kind of the precursor to see what's going to happen with the Olympics. Because you get a chance to see the guys that, yes, made the U.S. Olympic team, but you also get a chance to see the guys that didn't quite cut it. And you know what? I know you and I both agree on this. ESPN is the king of turning a boring sport or up-and-coming sports into something popular. Because, listen, what they've done in the 14 years with the X Games is nothing short of phenomenal. No, it really is. They've invested a lot in it, but over 14 years, it really has developed into an incredible brand supported by many terrific sponsors that target that 18 to 30-year-old demographic that's out there spending money. I'll tell you this, one last note on this. Sean White, did you see the footage of him? Like It looked like he broke his jaw or his nose in the warm-ups, and then minutes later he comes out and performs and, and wins the gold medal. That guy's a tough dude. I mean, obviously he's a terrific competitor, but... Uh, Pretty tough competitor to get up uh, for that kind of a, a blow to your face. No, totally. And, you know, it's, speaking of sponsorships and activation sponsorship, listen, every kid in that crowd was drinking Monster Energy or Red Bull, the two biggest sponsors in that. And every kid there, we all know, went to Taco Bell in downtown Aspen because that's all they saw through over the four days. So, I mean, listen, you can't have better exposure than what you have at the X Games. 60 Minutes did a nice piece on Sean White. And, you know, one of the things that makes – Sean White, so marketable, is he's very cooperative with his sponsors. He shows up on time. He's there at all the events for the sponsors. You know, he has an investment in his sponsors just like they have an investment in him, and uh, that's been good business for Sean White. All right, our last headline of the week, the overhaul of the IndyCar series nearly complete, the hiring of a new CEO, Randy Bernard, who was formerly with the PBR, Pro Bull Riders. Bobby, you're our auto racing expert. Is this a good hire for the IRL? No, it's a very good hire. And, you know, I love the line that he had in his introductory press conference. He goes, listen, I took the PBR from basically being a reference to Paps Blue Ribbon to a legitimate, you know, tough sport. And he's right. What he will do for IndyCar is he will kind of trim all the fat. And listen, we've already seen teams this year announce that because they have no money, they're going to have to cease operations. I think he'll really kind of come in reshape everything and uh i really think indycar kind of gets up back into a foothold i don't think it will be mainstay like nascar is right now but i think the overall popularity from here on out will be up all the teams seem to love him everybody seems to support him so i think it's a good hire by the holman family well and he did a good job with the pbr really put them on the map one of his early tests obviously is going to be getting the sport back on tv regularly because if you're not on TV, you're really not relevant, and that's one of the big reasons why the IRL has uh, declined in popularity. And Versus, as you and I both know, is real TV. However, nobody sees Versus, so he's got to get it you know, back onto the big brands. And you know, he's got a couple chances every year. The Indy 500's on ABC, but you've got to have more mainstream exposure than just Versus. All right, coming up in our next two segments, we are going to tell you everything you want to know about the business side of Super Bowl 44. 
from the spots that you're going to see to how much potato chips people eat to the favorite prop bets that are out there that you might want to consider for the big game. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. My guest is Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Let's go back to the year 2000, the year before you bought the Mavericks. They were 40 and 42. Fan interest was pretty lukewarm. When you bought this team, what did you see in this team? What was the potential that you saw to get them to where they are today? Probably none. Brian Berger goes one-on-one with the biggest names. My guest is Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. I think the reason why we have a BCS-type system in Division 1A and elsewhere we have playoffs is that the schools in Division 1A feel that the regular season is the most important aspect of football. Read the Sports Business blog and listen to SBR On Demand at sportsbusinessradio.com. See, I think that's the big thing. Sports Business Radio, Saturday. <laughs> Or online at sportsbusinessradio.com. This is Sports Business Radio. We are back. Brian Berger and Bobby Corser taking you through some interesting facts for Super Bowl 44. And uh, let's start with some economic facts. First, you know, anytime a city lands a Super Bowl, and this is going to be the 10th time that Miami has hosted the Super Bowl more than any other city. It's big for your economy. People are staying at the hotels. They're going to the local restaurants. They're spending money on groceries. Lots of money pumped in to the local economy. Well, for the South Florida economy, and I've read a bunch of different stories, and you know, some people will tell you it's $100 million. Some people, like the NFL, will tell you it's all the way up to $450 million to the local economy. South Florida economy, not just Miami, but the region. Because remember, in Miami, a lot of people booked up the hotel rooms a long time ago. So you're having to go stay in other cities in the region and then drive to Miami for the big game. So anywhere from 100 to $400 million. Consumers are going to spend an average of $49.27 on Super Bowl-related items from food and drink to new TV sets lounge chairs, and entertainment centers. By the way, some of this information we're getting from SuperBowlMonday.com. Interesting website. The median annual income of a Super Bowl ticket holder, $70,000, with 33% making over $100,000. And then about 35% of those who attend the game, get this, Bobby, they write it off as a corporate expense. So you have a lot of people entertaining clients at the game. And keep in mind, if you buy a spot, if you're paying 2.5 to 2.8 million dollars for a spot, you're making your deal with CBS and the NFL, so you're getting tickets to the game. So you're also getting the opportunity to entertain clients at the game. And again, when you're entertaining, you're going in a few days early, you're going to parties, you're writing things off. So those are some interesting economic facts. Let me give you some food facts. A lot of people are going to be sitting around watching the Super Bowl. Probably $100 million or more. That's the estimation for this year's game. Nearly 1 in 8, or 13% of Americans, order takeout or delivery food from a restaurant for the Super Bowl. 
That's a lot. The most popular choices for takeout items on Super Bowl Sunday? Pizza at 58%. Chicken wings at 50%. Subs or sandwiches at 20%. Approximately 1 in 20, so 4% of Americans, watch the big game at a restaurant or a bar. That's over 9 million Americans, by the way. On Super Bowl Sunday, Americans are going to eat. This is, my, this is the best stat of the whole thing. It just makes me full thinking about it. Americans are going to eat an estimated 20 million pounds of potato chips and tortilla chips and 8 million pounds of avocados. Bobby, that's a lot of food. That is a lot of food, and it's a lot of chips. And if you're Tostitos or Frito-Lay or any of the major chip manufacturers... It's your biggest week of the year. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. I mean, beer and chip sales, this is the biggest week of the year, bar none. High-definition TV sales, this is the biggest week of the year, bar none. People are... Well, you know what? I'm kind of thinking about getting that new. T- well, I'm going to go out and get it. I'm having a party. It's a good excuse to go get it. I'm going to watch the Super Bowl on HD. That's what's happening this week. Now, here's another funny fact. So we talked about all the food. 20 million pounds of chips, 8 million pounds of avocados. Sales for antacid increased 20% during Super Bowl weekend. So you're eating all this food. You're going to all these restaurants, and it's giving you some heartburn. So antacid sales through the roof. During Super Bowl weekend. I have mine already purchased, so we're good to go. Wow. You're planning way ahead. All right. Media facts. The Super Bowl will always reach the magic line in the Nielsen ratings of 40-plus household ratings. So uh, the past three Super Bowls earn household ratings of uh, just above 40. And so we're talking over 100 million people that are tuning in to watch the Super Bowl. I think I told you last week the 1982 49ers Bengals Super Bowl highest rated Super Bowl ever, 49.1 on that rating. I don't think this is going to top that rating, but when you talk about number of viewers, this could become the most viewed Super Bowl in Super Bowl history just because again, the population's going up every year. There's more people to tune in and watch games like the Super Bowl. You know, when you look back Every year at the top programs of the year, the Super Bowl, these are the top one or it's the second one. I know the Grammys and the Oscars, those are also highly rated programs, but Super Bowls get enormous ratings. And that's why advertisers, and we'll talk about this in our next segment, really look long and hard and go, you know what, if I can reach 100 million people with my spot, might want to do it. Yeah, and this is not because it's just sports fans. This is the one event every year that draws in the casual viewer. Because, listen, even if you don't like football or say you have a wife or a girlfriend that hates sports, she's still going to watch the game with you because she wants to see the commercials. Right. Well, and that brings me to my next point. An estimated 50 million American women are going to watch this Super Bowl. So lots of women are going to watch this Super Bowl. Your grandma is going to watch this Super Bowl. It's a social event. It's not just a football game. It's not just about, hey, let's map out the X's and O's between Peyton Manning and the Saints defense and Drew Brees and the Colts defense. This is about, hey, let's watch the commercials. Hey, let's uh, have some prop bets to gamble on, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Hey, let's have some chips and dips and food and order food from the restaurants and let the kids run around. And It's a social activity. And it's become like a national holiday, even though it's on a Sunday. No, it totally is. And I love the stories coming out, you know, that we've heard all week where 
the city of New Orleans is going to give everybody the day off on Monday following the Super Bowl, win or lose. And then, you know, everybody in Indianapolis are going to give the bus drivers and kids a two hour late start just to make sure that, you know, everybody gets up from their postgame hangover in time on Monday morning. But, you know, you're right. This is one of those events that everybody tunes in to see. And, you know, it's no wonder that it always ends up being one of the top-rated television events. Listen, if you're in politics or in anything else, you would die to have people watch this. Right. Yeah, I mean, again, this is bigger than State of the Unions and, and any of that kind of stuff. I, I'd love to see the stat. I couldn't find the stat. The number of people who call in sick to work on Monday because they're hungover or they're tired or they were at the Super Bowl party the, the day before and they just say, you know what, I'm not going into work tomorrow. It, it's got to be... I would think the highest day of the year for people playing hooky. I, I think it's either it's real close or second to Madden holiday when the new Madden game comes out every year because we all know that everybody goes and buys that, stays home and plays that for a day, and then they beat the game and like, oh, okay, yeah. But I bet there's not a hundred million people that are going True. out that first day and buying Madden holiday. True, but I also don't think there's a hundred million people calling in sick. But you know, it's a big number, and you know, yeah, it's worth it. All right, so. One of the other things going on in South Florida this week, like it does every year with Super Bowls, the Super Bowl parties. There are many players, entertainers that are holding parties. Uh, Bengals wide receiver Chad Ochocinco, who, by the way, was at Media Day with OCNN, the Ochocinco News Network, which is pretty funny because he's got players from other teams who are his correspondents and they ask pretty legitimate questions and they get answers from the players because the players are like all right that's my guy he's an athlete I'll, I'll answer his question whereas they look at some of the normal media as a bunch of bozos but Chad Ochocinco and T.O. they had a paparazzi pool party in Miami this week I would have loved to have been at that thing I mean those have to be two of the most flamboyant outspoken football players of the last 10 years and the two of them teaming for a party you know there was a lot of activity at that party no there totally wasn't you you and i probably know that there was probably no expense left you know uncovered on that one because they they are known for throwing really big parties and you know listen that the playboy party maybe the maxim party would be the three that you know you probably would have to hit if you were invited to any of those parties yeah and we've seen in the last few years some of these parties have scaled back. Some of them don't exist anymore because of the poor economy. Some people think it's either uh too over the top to have a party, it's kind of insensitive to the times, or people flat out don't have the money anymore and they're like, "You know what? We can't afford to uh throw a big party." So, anyways, that's one side of the Super Bowl. When we come back, we're going to talk to you about the roster of TV commercials. And What's happened now is that we're starting to see the TV commercials leak out before the big game, and then you get even more exposure virally via the Internet, via Twitter, via Facebook. But we're going to talk to you about some of the top commercials. I'm going to tell you the two or three commercials that I'm looking forward to the most. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. Hi, this is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. When I'm looking for a place to have dinner with family, friends, or business associates, there's only one restaurant on my list. Morton's The Steakhouse, the best steak anywhere. In its 28th year in business, Morton serves only the finest quality foods, featuring USDA prime-age beef, fresh seafood, hand-picked produce, and decadent desserts prepared to perfection. 
not to mention the award-winning wine list. When my destination is Morton's, the best is always on the menu. And they treat me like a VIP during every visit, whether in the dining room or the private boardrooms. With almost 75 restaurants conveniently located around the world, Morton's is the gold standard when it comes to steakhouses. To find the Morton's nearest you or to make a reservation, go online to mortons.com. Morton's, the best steak anywhere and the official steakhouse of Sports Business Radio. The website is sportsbusinessradio.com. We are back, and I want to take this segment to talk to you about the commercials and CBS's coverage of Super Bowl 44. First of all, good news for CBS. They've sold out of all of their spots. Anytime you can do that in advance of the game, that's good. So they've sold out of all of their spots. The spots dropped this year. So last year, a 30-second spot was over $3 million. This year, the average price for a 30-second spot on CBS is between $2.5 and $2.8 million. Still expensive, but not as expensive as last year. The other thing that's interesting is that Callaway is going to be the presenting sponsor for the Super Bowl pregame show. First time that I can remember that a golf company has gotten involved in being a sponsor for pregame, postgame, anything like that. Usually it's car companies, it's a Budweiser, it's an alcoholic company. I don't think I can recall where a golf company has gotten on board. This is a significant investment for Callaway. But, as they've said, you know, there's a lot of men watching the Super Bowl. We told you last segment, 50 million women tuning in. Well, there's at least 50 million men tuning in, if not 60 or 70. So you're going to reach a lot of people, and Callaway decided to invest in the pregame show. It's an interesting strategy, Bobby. Sure it is, but you know what? It also makes sense because if you look at CBS Sports and the roster of the different sporting events they hold, they have a majority of the PGA Tour. They also have the Masters. So, you know, it, it, it makes sense for CBS. It makes sense for Callaway. I like the idea. You know, I don't know how much brand activation Callaway is going to actually get out of it, but as long as their name's out there, I mean, 100 million people, hey, it's worth it, I guess. Well, and as part of their presenting sponsorship of the CBS Super Bowl pregame show, they also get some spots. Phil Mickelson is scheduled to appear in at least one of the commercials. And you know what? People may not know this. Let me say this again. Next to Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson makes more money in endorsements than any other U.S. athlete. More than Peyton Manning, more than LeBron James, more than Kobe Bryant. Phil Mickelson... million a year in endorsements. So he's a familiar face. He is the face of Callaway. And as Callaway kind of uh, makes their maiden voyage with investing in the Super Bowl here, Phil Mickelson is going to be front and center. Now, there's a number of spots that are going to run during the Super Bowl, obviously. The NFL gets some spots. It's their game. So they're going to promote themselves. They're going to do some things to promote their relationship with the United Way. Those are always great spots. But let me give you a few spots to keep your eyes open for. Number one, the spot without a doubt that's gotten more discussion than any other spot is the focus on the family spot. It's probably going to run first quarter. It features Tim Tebow and his mother. It's talking about abortion. Not going to go into the details. I haven't seen the spot, but there's a lot of people that think this spot has no place in the game. There's other people that say, you know what, First Amendment, freedom of speech. If 
Focus and family pays the 2.5, 2.8 for the spot. Let the spot run. It's going to run. The CBS sensors have said it's clear by us. That probably around the water cooler on Monday won't be the most popular spot. It'll definitely be the most talked about spot, Bobby. No, you're right. And, you know, you know, agree or disagree with the politics of the actual spot. You know, people know who Tim Tebow is. So they're going to see it and they're going to kind of like, you know, it, a lot of people honestly have probably not heard that he's going to have a commercial. Those of us that follow football and follow the sports industry, we, we've, we, you know, kind of heard about this a little ways back. But he's one of those names that he's a household name. So you're going to see it. And if you're not really paying attention that time, you're going to tune up and find out. Listen, I say let it run. If CBS clears it and NFL clears it and they cut the check and it's fine. Let it run. You know what? I'll say this. Jamil Hill, uh, ESPN.com, had a terrific story about this this week. In a day and age when athletes are afraid to take a stand because it's not popular or they're afraid of how they might harm their image or their endorsement deals, I applaud Tim Tebow for taking a stand on something. He stands for something at least. And I think it's good that he's putting himself out there in this commercial, good, bad, or ugly. All right. Some other spots that you should keep your eyes open for. I think the one that I'm going to like the most, and this is another interesting tie-in, Taco Bell. They're going to run a Super Bowl spot in support of the NBA 5 buck box. So this is going to be a deal that is going to promote your local NBA team in your local market, and it's going to be 5 bucks, and you're going to get a bunch of food from Taco Bell. But Charles Barkley is going to be in the spot, and... Charles Barkley's pretty good in any spot he's in, but I saw a little bit of a teaser for this, and uh, it looks pretty funny. And I think, you know, there's the Ad Meter Award, USA Today, that people vote on for the best spot at the end of the Super Bowl. Budweiser usually wins it. A, they have creative spots. B, they buy more spots than anyone else, so they have more chances to have the best spot. But I think this spot, it, it could be one of the more popular spots. No, I agree. And, you know, we've seen kind of the lead-up trailer that's airing now, you know, on NBA games and on ESPN and Fox and all those, that you see Charles Barkley sitting there wearing this smoking jacket, writing with a big fluffy pen trying to figure out, you know, how he's going to tie all this stuff together. And listen, you know, good for Yum Brands. I'm glad they're finally out there spending money. We know they sponsor the Kentucky Derby, and, you know, it's, it's great that they're kind of out there. And, you know, hey, I'm glad that the NBA and the NFL kind of have a little partnership in this. I think it's good for both brands. Doritos last year, they had some very popular spots that were created by users who were uh, entering it via a contest. They're going to do the same thing again this year, so that'll be interesting to see what some of the creative people out there came up with. And, uh, you know, it's kind of exciting when your spot gets aired during the Super Bowl and 100 million people see it. And some of those people who created those spots have gone on to big things. Which is good. You know, we love ad agencies in this business because they come up with a lot of creative stuff. But it's cool every once in a while to just kind of see what the normal guy comes up with. Because, you know, listen, you and I have both have ideas that we think would be cool for commercials, but it's actually cool finally to see one person get that chance to make his spot. GoDaddy. They've been an advertiser the last few years. Danica Patrick, front and center. And their spots, once again, they've had to run several versions of their spots by the CBS censors. They finally have come up with their spots, and they're going to have a few spots in the game. Those are always interesting to watch. Movies. Some big movies coming out. And the studios, again, take advantage. 100-plus million people watching. We're going to get our movies out there. Paramount Pictures, Shutter Island, Iron Man 2, and The Last Airbender. 
those are the spots and the movies that they're going to be promoting via those spots. Universal Studios, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. They're going to be promoting that. And then Walt Disney, they're very secretive about what their spot is. Some people think it's Toy Story 3. Uh, others think it might be something for one of their theme parks. But uh, I guess we'll find out. But it's always interesting when Disney creates a spot and puts it in the Super Bowl as well. The Anheuser-Busch, obviously we talked about this last week. They've got a boatload of spots. So um, they could have as many as nine spots when it's all said and done. Obviously, the Clydesdales are going to be in some of those spots. Those will be interesting to watch. Boost Mobile, they're going to reunite the 1985 Chicago Bears, as I think we told you last week, kind of a takeoff of the Super Bowl shuffle. Uh, Jim McMahon, Willie Galt, Mike Singletary are going to be in that. That will be, I I love the 1985 Chicago Bears, so, uh, you know, we'll see. And they, too, have been doing some teasers online, kind of uh, showing some of those guys that we just mentioned getting ready for their, their big spot. Dr. Pepper Cherry. Supposedly, they're going to be using Kiss in their spot. Um, Here's an interesting one. Electronic Arts. They've never done a Super Bowl ad. They're going to make their debut. And Wyden and Kennedy, right here in our backyard in Portland, has produced the spot. The CBS censors said that they had to soften their tagline for the game Dante's Inferno. The tagline originally was, go to hell. But now it's, uh, what is it? Uh, Hell awaits. So instead of Dante's Inferno, go to hell. It's now going to be Dante's Inferno, hell awaits. And I guess hell awaits is better than go to hell, according to the CBS Sensors. Yes, and uh, Brian Berger is not the official voice of EA Sports, but uh, but you know how they always no, do no, those I, voices. I, oh, no, I, I, I was t- trying to. I know. totally love it. And you know, we had joked off air that you know, wouldn't it be great if they used the spot to promote the new Tiger Woods? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, it, you know, good for EA Sports. It's kind of cool to kind of see a video game maker in there. And you know what? You know, more power to him. I I really like the idea. But I got a question for you. We speak a lot about you know leaking these videos virally. Yes. To an advertiser, what does that mean to them? Because, listen, we know they're going to get the 100 million eyeballs, but what does it mean if they can leak it out a week or two before? Well, I mean, you want to get at least another additional million hits from people seeing your spot online. And, again, you know, as we've talked all the time, let's think about this for a minute, about a Super Bowl spot. So you're spending 2.5 to 2.8 for the airtime. You're probably spending at least – Another million to two million dollars to create your spot. If you have a celebrity in your spot, you're spending at least that much for putting your spot together, producing your spot. So when it's all said and done, you know, you're spending four to five million dollars on your Super Bowl spot. I mean, for Charles Barkley, for Danica Patrick, for some of these people to appear in the spot, they're not doing it out of the goodness of their hearts. Oh, the other spot. This is probably the spot I can't wait to see the most. The McDonald's spot. McDonald's just signed LeBron James, and LeBron James, Dwight Howard of the Orlando Magic, and Larry Bird, who was in the original horse spot, and I don't mean horse like nay, I mean horse like the game of horse that Larry Bird and Michael Jordan played in that infamous 1993 spot where they shot hoops you know, off the Chicago freeways and bounced it off of this building and so on and so forth. Now there's going to be a new version of that spot. 
featuring LeBron, Dwight Howard, and Larry Bird, that is probably the spot, along with the Barkley spot, that I'm looking forward to the most. No, I, I am looking forward to it, too. And I don't know if you caught it earlier this week, but on SportsCenter, they were uh, at Cleveland practice, and LeBron was just kind of goofing around. He managed to throw the ball off the roof, the wall, hit the court, and still be able to time up, jump it, and dunk it. And everybody's like, oh, is that going to be in the commercial? Is that going to be in the commercial? He just turns and goes, nah, nah, I'm just playing around. I don't know what you guys are talking about. So, you know, hey, you know what? I, I like the idea. It'll be cool. You, listen, you'll never be able to top the original, but as long as it's not the Coke Zero remake of the famous jersey with Troy Polamalu oh, last that year, was horrible. I'll be happy. Yeah, that was bad. So, uh, car companies, I'll just tell you quickly, Audi, uh, Cars.com, they're not a car company, but obviously Cars.com is going to be in the mix. Dodge is going to be in the mix. Uh, Honda, Hyundai, um, Kia. Those are some of the car companies that are going to be involved with Super Bowl spots. And we've seen the car companies cut way down. GM does not have any spots in the Super Bowl. All right. When we come back, our final segment, I'm going to tell you what the Super Bowl means to the Las Vegas casinos. And we're going to tell you some of the more interesting prop bets. That's coming up next. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. This is Brian Berger, host of Sports Business Radio. Every championship team has one thing in common, good coaching. And I want to be your coach, your media coach. When I'm not hosting Sports Business Radio, I team with former Nike PR director Lee Weinstein to form New School Media Coaching. New School Media Coaching uses a fresh and interactive approach for educating our clients about dealing with today's media landscape. Whether you're an athlete, a coach, or a front office executive in the sports or business world, We'll prepare you for communications with the masses in today's social media world where everything is on the record. And just like any good coach, we'll help you practice your new skills and we'll be there to provide constructive feedback every step of the way. With a combined 40 years of experience, we're veteran coaches, but we use a new school approach. For an overview and a list of our services, visit newschoolmediacoaching.wordpress.com or email me at brian at sportsbusinessradio.com. Back to Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. We are back, and the Super Bowl is always the biggest day of the year, gambling-wise, in Las Vegas. How much is bet in Vegas casinos on the Super Bowl? This year, experts say $85 million will be bet. This is just in casinos. This isn't at your parties that you're having. This isn't online. This isn't illegally. With bookies, this is just in the casinos legally in Las Vegas, $85 million bet. Now, 40% of that is prop bets. Prop bets were started in the early 80s, and they have become one of the most popular bets and most fun ways to watch the Super Bowl. So you can bet on the coin flip. You can bet on who gets the kickoff. You can bet on all kinds of things. but after reviewing all the different prop bets, this was my favorite one. Bobby, get a load of this. There's the Kardashian prop bet. So Reggie Bush dates Kim Kardashian. Rumor is he may propose to her if he wins the game. And Lamar Odom is married to Khloe Kardashian. So the prop bet is 
Which is higher, Reggie Bush's rushing yards in the Super Bowl or Lamar Odom's points, rebounds, and assist total from Saturday night in the Lakers game against the Blazers? What would you take? Uh, I'm going to take the rushing yards of Reggie Bush because I just know how bad the Lakers play in Portland, and we're based in Portland. L.A. hasn't won here in like five years. So just based on that knowledge alone, I'm taking Reggie Bush. Yeah. That's probably a good bet. I would probably do the same thing. And, and you know what? Props to him if Kim says yes. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because you hear people say, you know what? I couldn't bet the game. I didn't want to wait the entire game. I just, I bet it all on the coin toss. Or I bet it all on who is going to score first. You can bet things like, uh, will Peyton Manning have over or under 300 yards passing? Will the first score of the game be a touchdown or a field goal? The list goes on and on. If you can think of it, it's probably something that you can bet on. And I've talked to people that have been in Vegas during the Super Bowl, and I guess you can just go up to the window and say, hey, here's my prop bet. Will you take this bet? And sometimes they will do that. So if you're in Vegas, uh, that's always worth a try. So those are some of the prop bets, and those are some of the things you should keep your eyes open for betting-wise for Super Bowl Sunday. My prediction on the game, by the way, 33 21, I'm going Colts over the Saints. We'll see how close I am. All right. want to thank our show staff, Nathan Roach, Bobby Corser, Josh Blank, Darren Peck, Ron Barr, James Harrison, Doug Zanger. Our sponsors, the Warsaw Sports Marketing Center at the University of Oregon and New School Media Coaching, a podcast reminder you can catch our show on demand every week via podcast. Just go to sportsbusinessradio.com, click on the podcast page. You can also find us on iTunes. Type in Sports Business Radio. Follow me on Twitter, at SB Radio. Enjoy Super Bowl 44 between the Colts and the Saints. For Bobby Corser, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week on Sports Business Radio. Greg Oden of the Portland Trailblazers supports the Ronald McDonald Houses. I'm a big fan of the houses. Happy to help them make a difference. He helps because he believes every hospitalized child should be near their family in tough times. And everyone can support this home away from home. When you purchase a McCafe Espresso drink or premium roast coffee, McDonald's donates a portion of proceeds to Ronald McDonald House charities in Oregon and Southwest Washington. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. A little change can make a big difference. Sports Business Radio talks to the people who call the shots in the world of sports. Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns. When people come to a Suns game, what kind of an experience do you want it to be for them? We want them to be entertained from the time they walk in to the time they leave. The co-owner of the Sacramento Kings, Gavin Maloof. Gavin, thanks for joining me. My pleasure, Brian. How are you? Dr. Miles Brand, the president of the NCAA. Sports Business Radio. Saturday. That's why you're a smart business person. <laughs> or at sportsbusinessradio.com. <laughs>